Welcome to Encouraging Change, a podcast that explores the relationship between motivational interviewing and peer recovery support. Your hosts, Laura Saunders and Chris Kelly, will engage in a conversation that combines their professions and passions, the spirit of motivational interviewing, and the power of peer support. Laura is a Wisconsin State Project Manager for the Great Lakes ATTC, MHTTC, and PTTC, and a seasoned motivational interviewing trainer. Chris is a project manager for the Peer Recovery Center of Excellence and an expert on peer recovery support services. So thank you for joining us today and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to episode two of Encouraging Change, Using Motivational Interviewing and Peer Support. We're going to talk about the usefulness of MI skills for initiating and developing ongoing relationships, which is one of the core competencies in peer support. So Chris, how about if we start by you telling me about this from a peer specialist perspective? Like what do you, what do you see being taught about this core competency and how do you see it show up in the peers that you've worked with? Yeah, uh, thanks Laura. If I met you and you were someone I was going to partner up with and kind of walk that pathway of recovery together, initiating that relationship is just a pivotal moment. So that's where we do our trust building and our relationship building so that we know this person feels safe and that they can feel okay revealing things to us that are ultimately going to help us coach them through this recovery process. And so I like to think of it as we want to think about being authentic and intentional in that process. So from a motivational interviewing perspective, Laura, when I just said that, what comes to mind in that developing a relationship? In motivational interviewing, we look at this initiating, developing, continuing to cultivate a relationship, and we call that the relational foundation. We recognize that nothing is going to happen if people, like you said, don't trust you, if they don't feel safe, if they don't feel like you're really there for their best interests. And so in motivational interviewing, when we're practicing that, we not only just hope that those things happen, we do things very strategically to make sure that the message that we're giving that person is as loud and clear as possible. You can trust me. I want you to feel safe. In motivational interviewing, we tend to do everything outwardly. So everything is about you versus anything being about I. And so again, that's something that when peers decide to take on motivational interviewing, they may have to make some adjustments to that. They may have to marry what they know about uh, their work as a peer with their lived experience and their that like and make that adjustment and say, well. I'm going to be mostly about you, but occasionally I'm going to bring in I. And in motivational interviewing, we don't usually do that. We don't, there's not usually a place. Um, although if we do, we, there, there is a place where we can share our opinion or our advice or share a story about ourselves. We just do it with permission really intentionally. So, so, so yeah, there's lots of similarities. It's not all or nothing. It's not black and white Mm -hmm. that we take this information around motivational interviewing and we want to apply it to the specific role we're playing because where we come in as the peer recovery support provider, we are the expert in that. And we're Mm -hmm. going to use this evidence-based practice 
to do the work. And so we really do have to use our peer lens to look at, well, here's this evidence-based practice, what parts of it really apply, and then how do I adjust it and make it really specific for the role I'm using? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you know a lot of stuff and things about being a peer specialist. I don't. And so when I put MI out there, I put it out there and sort of, I try to put it out there in its sort of purest form and say, yes, and you're going to have to make adjustments. You don't use really big words if that's not something the way the person talks or you're going to you know adopt their speech or language or you're going to oftentimes we mirror people's energy that kind of stuff that's that's motivational interviewing is powerful enough that you can take parts of it and adjust it to your practice and what you know about the people you're working with could you just say a little bit about what happens in the relationship if I start off with my story? What, what are some potential pitfalls? It can become about, it becomes more about you or this person wanting to please you or this person wanting to align their story or the way they tell it with the way that you have told yours. And in motivational interview, when we say, I'm just here 100% for you, I'm here to hear about what's important to you. I'm here to hear your story. And I'm just essentially your sounding board, your mirror, your guide. And what I think about it or my reaction to you is not important. I am just here for you. And, and so that you can take stock of what you may or may want to do next. Thank you. And that was good. Yeah, it's not about me. It's not about me. And that's the thing that I think is so important in terms of lessening burnout, right? If I don't give a piece of myself to everybody that I meet with in a day, then I have more of myself to take home at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. If I don't take responsibility for your change, I don't make it about me. I don't make it about my, what I want. And I do everything I can to push it out and empower the people that I work with to make the changes that they have decided to make. I can help them make those decisions. I can help them see that they have what they need, but I don't do the hard work for them. Yeah. And I think that's a slippery slope sometimes. I've experienced that professionally providing peer services is getting overly engaged with the outcome mm -hmm. and realizing just even beyond my own burnout, I mean, burnout is no fun, <laughs> but also that sometimes I really unintentionally scripted someone's recovery pathway. And we know part of peer recovery support is that that person-centered support, that they get to write the story of their recovery and they get to define what they do. And, and I know we're all on board there. So I think it's important to correlate how that full circle of oversharing our stories can influence somebody to start to mirror us versus us mirroring them. Yeah. 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 Nicely said, us mirroring them versus them mirroring us. Mm-hmm. Yeah going to help people feel heard and understood and supported and safe. So from an MI perspective, you know, we see this relationship in, in pretty specific ways. And those specific ways are referred to as the spirit of MI. So I'm wondering, like, from a peer-to-peer -peer way, what is, what is the role? Like, how do you see that in, in peer specialists? Like, what is the role in supporting another person? And then and if I can, I'll tell you a little bit about how MI sees this support. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's, I sometimes use the phrase, it's kind of kitschy, but um, that we're the guide by the side, not the sage on the stage. <laughs> so that we come into the relationship and we're, we remain really curious and that we accept that this person has their own story and it may, we may identify with that story and see a lot of similarities to our own story. But our role is to really, again, create that safe space where they get to freely share that story and not edit themselves and not have to overly process what they're going to say next. And that then we turn around and use that information to say, I'm going to come alongside you. And my role is to help knock down some barriers because I'm really good at that because I've navigated this road before. So I kind of know where the roadblocks are and I can help knock down those barriers, but it's not my job to draw the map or even, even identify the destination. Yeah. Knowing what you know, Laura, what, how does MI fit into this? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that just really stands out that's such a huge parallel is, as you were talking about, is the remaining curious. The, the, the this is this person's stories. And that is a big part of motivational interviewing. We call it evocation. And I tell people, you know, get your curious on, be curious. Don't assume that your dials and levers of change are going to be the same as another person's dials and levers of change. We, we don't, we have no idea what's going to be a motivator for another person. We, we might agree that that should be a motivator. We might disagree. We might be shocked that that's something that motivates a person. And yet we find those motivations. We get to know people when we remain genuinely curious and out of a place of judgment. It doesn't matter whether it's the same or different than us in any way, shape, or form. It's your stuff. And I want to let you, like you said, have a place where you can tell your story. And another big part and, and somewhat related is, is the partnership, the, the collaborative nature of the relationship. It's, it's not coming and I think this is obviously a, a core tenant of peer work, right? Is that nobody's the expert, that one peer has their own experience and some really good stuff that they've learned and been taught and been practicing and have seen lots themselves and lots of other people change their lives, right? And that's all really important to bring. And then at the, at the same time, the person who is working on their recovery is also an expert and what they're an expert on is themselves. And so it's, we put everything together, but we keep it on the same plane. We don't say like, well, but my expertise is slightly better than your, it's, it's everybody's expertise is of equal value. And then another big part of, so there's, that's evocation, curiosity, partnership is a collaborative relationship. And the third one I want to talk about is acceptance. And that's recognizing that no matter who you are and what you've done, you are worthy. Every human being is worthy of our time, of our listening, of our heart, everything. They're the absolute worth it. And the way that we show that is, is that we listen to them. We're, we're accurate in our expressions of empathy. We affirm their strengths, their values, their achievements. Again, no matter who you are and what you've done, I'm cool with it. And then finally is compassion. 
and compassion is doing things to help the suffering of others and I don't know from a peer perspective what that means to peers, but in from an MI perspective, it just means I see you suffering and I'm going to do what I need to do to help you not be suffering. I'm not just going to stand by and notice that you're suffering and then do nothing. I'm instead going to help with that. Yeah, we talked a lot about that specific, the compassion, like we have a special ear for seeing and hearing people who are suffering. And so Mm -hmm. oftentimes we'll talk about being in a room full of people and without words being spoken, we can see in within that room who might be struggling because of our own, again, using our own lived experience and have that special radar for like, oh my gosh, I think they're really struggling with this. Or we might even hear it told in a story of a loved one or a family member where they're not even processing these might be symptoms of substance misuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can hear that because we have that lived experience. And so that compassion surfaces really quickly because we remember um, oftentimes struggling in that way and not, not even feeling you deserved care. And so I think both those things are all of them, really the empathy, the partnership, the compassion, that acceptance. Oh, to, what a relief to be <laughs> accepted yeah, wholeheartedly for all of it and not having to leave a piece of yourself at the door when you come into the room. That there's a space you create as a peer provider saying it's safe to bring all of you here. You don't have to leave any part at the door. The thing that is so important is to do things with intentionality. So when we say like, I want to be your partner, I want to I accept you, I'm compassionate and I'm genuinely curious, there are ways that we show that. And so there are, there are skills that we employ. We have to think it in our head, in our heart, in our gut. We have to really believe that stuff. But there's things that have come out of our mouth that are guided by those spirit principles. So there's, there's certain things that we do so that people know that we're partnering, accepting, compassionate, and, and evocative. And so one of those things is to use the art of reflective listening, to reflect on what the person is saying. And we do that more, hopefully, when we get really good at motivational interviewing. We're doing it more than we're asking questions. So that's a good point just say that again yeah so yeah so we reflect more than we ask questions questions are a demand for a response which puts us in that i will ask questions and you will answer them role right which is kind of it wrecks up that partnership if if all i'm doing is is throwing one question after another at you and people think like oh no but then people feel like i really care Mm, not so much they feel like you're demanding answers from them. Reflections are invitations for the person to keep talking to you. A good example you've always shared with me, Laura, it's around that is you have a form as the peer you need to fill out and there's several questions you need to ask that you can use reflections in that process too. So, and even make statements. So it could be, tell me a little bit about where you live. And you might get four or five of those questions answered rather than saying, what's your address? Who do you live with? 
again, you can even use that technique when you feel as a peer, but I have to ask all these questions. Using reflections and statements can really be useful in not having somebody feel like they're being um, interrogated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another way that we build relationship in motivational interviewing is we talk about choices and how at the most basic level, I think that the peer specialist and the person who is working with the peer specialist both know that that person has choices. However, in whatever reason, people are afraid to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, it, it almost becomes this elephant in the room and the practitioner is afraid to say like, you know, ultimately, whether or not you do this, whether or not you seek out these resources, whether or not you go to this place, whether or not you get a job, whether or not you go live at this um, stable housing situation, whatever it is, is really up to the consumer. And the paradox is, is that the more we talk about choice, the more likely the person is to pick the thing that we want them to do. People will move towards the positive thing if we create a situation where we make that possible. And so talking yeah. about this doesn't push people to pick the wrong thing. It actually makes it more likely that they're going to pick the thing that you are really hoping for them. And that autonomy is really important. Again, just the core component of peer support is yeah. that a person has autonomy and choice and they, they get to identify their pathway to recovery and they get to pursue that pathway and so those things really, that really resonates with me as far as peer support goes. Yeah, it's a big part of acceptance, right? I accept that you have the right to pick your own life, right? I, I you know, I, I would really like it if it went like this, but that's not really my deal. That's, that's for you to decide. And I'm going to mm -hmm. just sit here and, and not judge you if you don't pick the thing that I want you to pick. Mm -hmm. So... So another thing that's really important is expressing genuine empathy uh, rather than sympathy. So how do we listen to people and truly listen to what their experience is in terms of their feelings, their thoughts about what it is they're trying to tell us and to be able to use that skill that we were just talking about, that skill of reflective listening to let them know I am working my tail off to understand the world from your perspective rather than, oh, you poor, poor dear. You know, in motivational interviewing, I mentioned earlier, we just, we, we don't rely on self-disclosure or, or sympathy. We really rely on genuine empathy. That's an area that, again, I know we're going to explore in future episodes as well, <laughs> but just how that actually plays out. I think it's a skill to convey genuine empathy to someone and not silver line their situation. Mm -hmm. and to not fix it. So the number one thing when I was teaching a recovery coach training, you know, right up on the board, I'd have a big sign fixing with a slash through it, like no <laughs> fixing. Even within the classroom setting, we'd want to fix situations for people. And it's a reflex almost. I think it's a human reflex. Yeah. And then it's, it can be compounded when you take on the role of peer recovery support person. And so I think it's something we have to be you have to practice and be aware and be intentional. Yeah, yeah. And, and reflect things that people are not necessarily only what they're saying, reflecting what they're meaning, but not going beyond with what they mean. 
right? Like just mm -hmm. don't put, put ideas into their heads yet, you know, like what are they really telling me here? What is this person trying to convey to me? And how can I reflect that back to let them know you can trust me. I am here. I'm supporting you. I'm really working hard to understand the world from your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. The, the final thing I want to mention is just taking the time to mention to people that they are the experts on their own life. Mm -hmm. So not just thinking that they're the expert, but taking the time to identify the person as the expert. You know, ultimately how this goes, it's up to you. Whether or not you do this, that, or the other thing is 100% up to you. You know yourself best and you'll choose the path that makes the most sense to you. And I think that's another big part about how we engage uh, specifically using motivational interviewing. Yeah, and as a peer supporter, recognizing the majority of the people that come into our services, it's, it's not their first go around with any services. Rarely by the time somebody gets hooked up with a recovery coach, rarely is it their first time trying to initiate recovery. And so what, again, in my personal experience, kind of what happened throughout my time in active addiction was seeking out experts to lay out that path. And it was kind of scary the first time somebody said I had choices and that I knew my life best because my history had taught me I didn't make good choices. Oh. And so as a, as a peer, um, we have to do some of that uh, reinforcement and really helping build someone up that they are capable and competent and that they can make good choices. Yeah. In subsequent episodes, we'll talk about the art of affirmation and how that really can also help build up people's capacity and help undo some of those negative messages that they've gotten in the past help people see what they really truly already have going for them, which is a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 We hope that all of you enjoyed the conversation about the importance of intentionally developing relationships. So hopefully you come back and listen again. This podcast is sponsored by The Great Lakes, HETC, MHTTC, and PTTC, which are funded through cooperative agreements with SAMHSA. The opinions expressed in this recording are those of the speakers and do not represent the official position of SAMHSA or DHHS. Thank you again for joining us on the Encouraging Change podcast. If you are a new listener, please follow us on social media and don't forget to like and subscribe to the Great Lakes current YouTube channel to access many more free products and resources just like this. Thank you.